Welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series, novels, and films. For this episode, webs will be slung, tales will be spun, kingpin must weigh a ton, and we're in for fun, fun, fun. That's right, we're talking Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Stephen Ford, joined as always by Andrew Knuckles. Hey, how's it going? And Joel Killingsworth. Hello. Alrighty, guys. Well, before we just leap right into the Spider-Verse, have a little chat maybe about what you've been watching or reading lately. What's on your watch list, if you will? Yeah, what have you been watching or reading, Stephen? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a twofer here uh, because I have been reading The Expanse. The uh, ninth and final novel is out now, mm-hmm. and I need to catch up. So I have been blowing through uh, the fifth book. And into the sixth book, and I can confirm it is still great. Yeah, and um, uh, you you started reading it after I started reading it, and I like I think I got like four books, and I was like, you have to read this series; it's so yeah. good. And, and then Lauren's just like, well, I just have them. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, I mean, the whole book series is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, go um, on. And then on the watching side. <laughs> Uh, I am watching Arcane, so that is the League of Legends show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they finally made an anime. It yep. took them forever, and it's quite good. The game is not super great, but whoa, the show is. Whoa! Wait a second. League of Legends is phenomenal as long as you can get past the community, which is basically half all, the game. All of the game. You rely upon four other people who are morons. You could you could play luck. all random all mid, and it's still at least kind of fun. I mean, that's fun, yes, but that's not the core of the game. Yeah. Okay, anyways, anyway, anyway, moving on. So the arcade, pretty good. I uh, like the expansion and kind of additions to the mm-hmm. lore, because the lore was always there and was always kind of ignored because you're just fighting each other. So. Yeah. Uh, jumping off, uh, well, we'll go to Joel. Okay, fine. So more holiday content no so i'm watching a christmas show with my wife and is it hawkeye it's hawkeye no (laughs) a christmas show is your wife it's hawkeye (laughs) Uh, so yeah we've been watching hawkeye on uh disney plus and actually like to my surprise have been greatly enjoying it the trailer looked terrible I agree with Andrew, but on that endorsement, I may have to at least give it an oh, episode don't or two. say that. Please don't make us review this show. Like, like. Am I add it to the list? Okay, so so Clint Barton as basically a, a retired superhero at this point, having gone through all of the incredible stuff that he was not qualified for in the least because he's not a power hitter like the rest he's of the He's just a Avengers. guy with a bow. He's just a guy. And now he is trying to live his life, but his past won't leave him alone. Very compelling. Okay. Okay. Right, that's, that's that's pretty good pitch, actually. That's fine. I mean, well, it's it's funny too because you have like all of these, you know, like universe changing things. Like you have Loki; they're messing with the sacred timeline. Then you have like WandaVision; they're just all sorts of crazy stuff happening. And I mean, then we've you, destroyed half of New York like three times. Yeah. yeah well, then you and then you have um, uh, the new Spider-Man movie that's coming out soon. And that's obviously dealing with a whole bunch of multiverse mm-hmm. stuff. And then which you is, just have Hawkeye, and he's like, let's just enjoy Christmas. Which is almost <laughs> why we're talking about Spider-Verse right now, because there's another Spider-Man coming up. Yep, and what better way than to just compare both of them together? Which is probably going to be a really brutal treatment of the upcoming movie, because it's up against uh, 
a bit of a bit of yeah. a mountain here. Hey, I haven't done oh, what, I don't know. what I'm reading let's or get watching it. yet. <laughs> so let's let's get Andrew in here. Andrew, what what have you been reading or watching lately? Wow, Stephen. Speaking of the Expanse, <laughs> I'm also reading the Expanse, but I'm reading the latest book, Book Nine, that just came out this past Tuesday. Latest uh, and final. Latest and final of the series. Is it phenomenal? I am about three fourths of the way through. Wow. Okay. And it is fantastic so far. So I I will say, because both of you read by listening, I feel a little (laughs) sorry for y'all in the sense that when I hit a really, really good book, I can absolutely just blow straight. I mean, I read book five in like a day and a half, two days. Mm -hmm. I can blow straight through it, whereas y'all are restricted to the speed at which you are being spoken to. Yes. So so you being three quarters way through means that you are are not restricted. We have a button that says play at time and a half speed that we can press. I really hope you I, don't do I, that. I, I absolutely don't do that. I listen to 100% normal normal talking speed, but the, the book is fantastic. Holden as a chipmunk sounds a little <laughs> terrified. I mean, what you know the truth. <laughs> but, but yeah, so um, that's that's been great. Um, beyond that, just the latest Wheel of Time episode, it was fine. Uh, you know, we'll just... <laughs> There, there will be things that we discuss later on in later episodes. I'm sure that will. Are we gonna, we gonna ring in the new year with a ringing, non endorsement? Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there, there'll definitely we'll be a wheel of time episode. There will definitely be probably two expanse episodes. Um, we got books and we have TV books series. and yeah. the final series coming out in uh, basically at the end of January will be finished. It's yeah. almost like they learned from the mistakes of Game of Thrones and they're like, hey, we will finish it when the books are finished and we won't try to make our own too much of our own Well, material. so because I know, I know re- they changed a you're lot. reading no, it's not even that. You are reading book 6, which is where this series will end. Oh, like the, okay. the TV series. So they they ended it by established material base. M- may, maybe. maybe there there's a couple weird hints in the trailers yeah, that okay. they may or may not do things, but we'll get there. Uh, we'll either, get there at some point. Yeah. Either way, honestly, if you if you have not read uh, or listened to the Expanse, like the actual <laughs> novels, um, go go and do so. Even just just do yourself a treat. Even if you've already seen the series, go listen to Le- to Leviathan Wakes. It is just oh, it's just such a good book. Well, it's, it's so great. It's it's about as good of a, not true hard sci-fi, but it's really close to it's hard sci-fi. really close. Because it has, it has that little extra bit of magic to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but that, like, the, it, it's really cool until you, like, it's one of those things where until you've read the whole series, I can't tell you what they've done with the technology that they well, get. They're kind mm-hmm. of playing off the idea that any sufficiently advanced technology is... In un, indistinguishable, from, indistinguishable magic. from magic, yeah. right? Yes. Where it's like, well, this is obviously magic, and then they break somewhere down the line. They break they, it down break as it being down technology. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it initially, it's still going to have because some things are outside of the human scope. It's going to have that feel of magic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, but yeah, go go and just do yourself a favor and listen, read, or watch the Expanse. It's just great. Just do it. Yeah. I, period. Whole, wholehearted. I will second yep. that. As well. And while we're talking about absolutely great things we need to talk about spider-verse absolutely absolutely joel do we want to give a score first so our combined score which is the average of the scores that we have given out of 10 one being i hated it 10 being it was perfect we gave it a 93 percent, 9.3 out of 10 this is this is the highest rated so far that we have produced and that includes ghostbusters one on this show yes. yeah that and we, you're welcome then beat that by <laughs> 
That's true. It yeah, was Joel's were, fault. You were the one bringing that down. <laughs> but we beat that by a clear uh, 11 points, I guess. I think it was 8.2. It was 8.2. It was 8.2. Yeah, yeah, memory works. All right. <laughs> but yeah. So. So, okay. Let's, synopsis. Why, synopsis. Why does it deserve this? Yeah, well, why, we'll, we'll get there. But first, a synopsis. What is happening? I'm, you know what? Joel, you're the synopsis guy. Okay, all right, synopsis. <laughs> so we have yet another Spider-Man origin story, but it's the self-aware Spider-Man origin story. Very self-aware. Right? And so you have the quintessential Peter Parker where everything is going perfect. He's pursuing his graduate degree. He's married to Mary Jane. He's at the height of his career. And then you have parallel uh, Miles Morales, a young uh, high school student right. uh, in New York that is has um, uh, kind of a, a struggling dynamic with his father, who's a cop, and then also his, his other kind of uh, mentor figure, his uncle, who's kind of like the cool guy who doesn't really get along with his cop dad. Yeah, you have the cool uncle. And uh, one thing leads to another, and Miles gets bitten by a spider that is radioactive. And he ends up being drawn into a plot that involves a multi-dimensional gateway being opened and different uh, Spider-Man analogs from the full spectrum of realities getting pulled into his and having to figure out what's going on uh, and how to deal with it while growing and developing uh, with his newfound powers. So this is what if before what if was a... TV show, but after What If was a comic series. What If meaning the Disney Plus show, right? Yes. Gotcha. But it was also a, it was also the same thing was a series of comics. I mean, that's oh, what they're drawing from. Yeah, I mean, that's how it works, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, you have all these stories, you want to tell them slightly differently. Okay. And that was a pretty solid synopsis. So, yeah, so why do we need to watch, why do you need to watch this so you can probably be disappointed when the new Spider-Man <laughs> I mean, if you've, if you've been watching live action Spider-Man up to this point, mm -hmm. it's probably actually going to be pretty exciting. The the movie coming yeah, the, out. Yeah, the movie will be pretty exciting. I'm not going to, I mean, like, I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm definitely well, going to go see it in the theater. Of the superheroes, Spider-Man's your favorite. Yes, right? absolutely. So I think this, so my big concern for the upcoming movie, right, mm -hmm. is the same issue Spider-Man 3 had. Once you put in too many arcs, how do you manage it? How do you balance it? Yeah, in in the in the form in the format of a two hour movie or whatever. Two and a half, yeah, something yeah. like that. And I think Spider Verse is probably one of the best shots of in a two hour format, bringing in all of these arcs, all of these stories, and telling them in a concise and cohesive manner. Yeah, and, and not every. Not every character gets a full arc or, you know, like especially the the three, um, uh, some of the extra characters and stuff like that they may not get. Well, I mean, yeah, there's, a lot, there's always a lot of them. Characters. A lot of them are, are caricatures, essentially, yeah. right? They, they are they built around a single idea. They do not have an arc. They are a supporting set piece and they're really, really good at it and they're handled really, really well. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, just the plain artistry of the film, the animation and the music and the acting is all... Phenomenal, absolutely. And when you say acting, shelf. voice acting, voice this acting, is an animated movie, yeah. as you <laughs> well, already alluded to, it is a master class at how to animate a CGI movie. Mm -hmm. Just yes, like absolutely, far and above, like masterpiece level of of just straight production. Well, there there are so many CGI 
produced movies that have a rubber or lifeless feel to them. And this movie feels absolutely alive. Yep. Incredibly so. Yeah. And like it's, I can't give a better glowing recommendation to just go watch this if you haven't watched it already. And if you're pro- if if you are a fan of Marvel films, especially Spider-Man, you've probably already seen it. But if you were ever on the fence because you're like, oh, I don't really like watching animated movies, watch this one. Well, I mean, the, I, one of the best. I think all three of us had to be convinced to go watch this oh, show. Absolutely. Right? I it was, had no intention it of watching it. It was not something that was on my radar because it was like, oh, well, it's, I mean, it's an animated Spider-Man film. That's probably for kids, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then when I finally was convinced to watch it, I was like, oh, my goodness, this was this this was the best film I've ever seen. This is so good. <laughs> well, and the title kind of throws you because it's like, oh, Into the Spider-Verse. And I was like, well, that just sounds that sounds very like a kid yeah. thing. Oh, we're just going to be everything's going to be all Spider-Man. It's going to be the spider buggy. It's going to be the whatever random spider thing. I don't I don't need any of this. And I think you actually, Joel, convinced me to watch it after being convinced yourself mm-hmm. because yeah. none of us saw it in theater. No. Which uh, is kind of its own, a little bit of a tragedy. Uh, that thing on IMAX? Oh, that would have been beautiful. Yeah, if, if it gets a re-release at some point, I'd go watch I'm it. going mm-hmm. for sure. Well, and I think the only reason I ended up watching it was I was just perusing YouTube and they had an entire little like behind the scenes, like 20 minute video on it, on like how they kind of animated some scenes and did background stuff. And I watched it and I was like, okay, this is like, this is kind of like scratching my graphic designer production itch mm-hmm. i guess i have to give it a shot and then i convinced holly that that we should watch it and she was like okay i guess so i guess we could watch that and then guess what it was great that's phenomenal yeah well on that note i do believe we are headed towards something very familiar yeah so we're talking about what is in our general opinion possibly one of the best films of the decade strictly from an artistry perspective and speaking of the best films of the decade we're now moving on to the best intermission of the decade if you choose not to stick with it due to the spoilers that lurk beyond, I, I mean, I guess I understand. But before you go, if you liked what you heard, you can support us at patreon.com slash spoilers intended podcast. How will you know if you're ready to stick around, do you ask? It's a leap of faith. So we have now forged beyond the spoiler verse. We are now into the spoiler <laughs> spider verse. And we're going to take it down from the top. So the format, how we generated our score, we have four primary categories, spectacle, performance, score, and plot. And we rank them out of 10 and give ourselves a, a bit of an opinion on this. And we all have seen it very recently. So it's very fresh in our minds. Yep. We watched it. Before the pat, before the podcast, yeah, just before recording, <laughs> yeah. as a group, just to just to make it happen. So, guys, I'm going to kick it out to Andrew here for spectacle. Take us away. Oh man, I'm sorry, guys. I gave it a ten. Oh, I, I have. I have. Did you apologize for this? I have. <laughs> I have no um, uh, no willpower when it comes to uh, to good animation. I mean, uh, you had me questioning when you're like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, is this something that Andrew gave like an eight to? Because we gave a really high score. Something had to ding <laughs> something, it. Something had bit. to ding it. No, um, I, I am I am a very big animation junkie. Mm-hmm. I, I've very I've true. done motion graphics, art directing. I love all types of anime. I follow like I will follow key direct key animation directors 
and key animators to whatever show that they are doing so I could watch them animate more stuff. Like because they were good. Because they were good. So this was just just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, some standouts of just kind of the things, like it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's hard for me to find stuff that I didn't like about it. Yeah. You know, I gave it a 10. And That's uh, perfection by our the, metric. The use of basically, instead of using depth of field, they use chromatic aberration to basically split the colors for stuff that is supposed to be out of focus. Which, which for me, who does not understand the big words you use, it, <laughs> that's that's like the blue and red from 3D splitting. glasses splitting. Yes, apart. Yes. And um, using that instead of depth of field, which is one of the bigger things. Whenever you're watching a CGI film these days, either everything is all perfectly in focus and sharp and everything, or they they use traditional lens depth of field, which is a bokeh or whatever you want to call it. And when you do that, you you kind of put it in reality. And that's not what a CGI film is supposed to be. Well, from my perspective, when you do that in a CGI film, it feels artificial, right? Because yeah. it's not a natural they didn't actually slap it's like an on uncanny valley. Yeah, they of. did they didn't slap on a Canon 1.2 to produce yeah, this they, naturally created they didn't bokeh, use, they, had an they didn't use a tool that's part that's like naturally a part of that set of of creative tools that they're using. They used an analog of a real world tool. Yeah, well, and this is something Andrew and I have discussed in photography, shooting the Fuji film. You know, a, a, an instant camera, an old kind of like a Polaroid, mm-hmm. and. Any of those effects you can produce as a filter in Lightroom or Photoshop and slap on a photo, and it never feels the same as doing it with just a camera. the camera in hand because it will always have a bit of a feeling of, of artifice or artificiality to it. And yep. it's just so hard to not capture that, whereas doing what they did, where they took those edges and they frayed them essentially with chromatic aberration, mm-hmm. it feels more natural because of how it, I think, how it lands on the objects. Yeah. And kind of going into more of like the spectacle stuff, they just, they they hit the nail on the head every single time that any kind of new effect that they threw out there, like the the final battle is just, just this cacophony of colors and just mm-hmm. all sorts of yeah. stuff happening. But you can, you can pick out every single thing that is happening mm-hmm. yeah, at all you, times. If you pause the movie at any given moment in that, you could say that's a bus. That's there, a taxi. there is part so of the Empire State Building. much detail mm-hmm. on yep. every frame. And, and speaking of pausing it, every once in a while you'll get um, basically a, a quick little freeze frame of an actual, like what looks to be just a full comic book panel. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when, whenever, whenever they like, tell a big event happens or right, something, whenever they tell any origin story, right, it pulls back out into comic book framing including Miles's origin story himself. Yeah. He's looking at a comic book as it's happening. Yep. Ah, it's just ah, fantastic. Mm, masterpiece. Joel? I, I, I can't disagree. I gave it a 10. Uh, <laughs> the, it, was, it was nothing short of a comic book come to life on the screen. Yep. Everything from the, like the crosshatch shading that they put mm-hmm. on everything. Half toning. Um, you know, big words. And <laughs> the... The the fact that you have the onomatopoeia boxes show up when there's like big punches, there's like yep. a pow and a bam. It's very much um, of like the old like Batman. Oh, but like oh, there, yeah, the there, it's, there it's hokey and here it's an homage. Yeah. Right. And it does not, it does not, it, it doesn't come across as silly. 
right? No, it's no, just it, a part fits, of the art. Yeah, form. It fits right. Well, because it's a comic book, right? I mean, yeah. it reads as a comic book, so having that show up. That's just what you expect in a comic. Mm -hmm. Well, especially whenever, like, he's kind of thinking stuff, the word, like, he's still saying it, Mm -hmm. like, in his inner monologue, but then it's also showing up on the screen as words as he's, like, going through the scene. As as he's hitting the first day of being Spider-Man, and he's having that moment going down the hall where he's like, everybody saw me freak out. Why are my thoughts so loud? And you keep having these boxes. Mm -hmm. Play dumb. Who's Morales? Not that dumb. Yeah. It's just... (laughs) Oh, it's so well done because it, it does. It feels like a living comic book right in front of you with and, the boxes. And like in order to achieve that effect, they had to commit to it 110%. Yes. And every single bit of artistry that went into the film is serving this purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's just really incredible to see that kind of vision being brought to life. Yeah. yeah. So, Stephen? Well, gentlemen, I am a paragon of willpower. And I looked at the screen and I said, you can't put a 10 down here. You got to resist. You got to have a voice of reason. So naturally I gave it a 10 (laughs) (laughs) because uh, what is there to fault? The animation is incredible. It's, it's great CGI. They took the time to go back in and put in lines as if there were Mm hand-drawn animation mm -hmm. in there, which helps sell, give it life. Uh, there's a moment towards the end where Miles is down. Kingpin just gave him the big hit. And he's down and he starts to pick himself up and his, his eye, the mask, the mm-hmm. Spider-Man mask eye opens. And there's just those little extra couple of lines in the corner of his eye. And it makes it, it transforms it from being a featureless rubber object to a, a living piece of mm-hmm. the, of the mask. Uh, and there's, there's so many things that you could say the, the big fight at the end you have, they're literally flying through, Andrew's going to know the term for this, but it's the dot printing that was used in old style comic books. Half-toning. Is that half-toning? That I thought there was a different word for it. But they're, they're literally fighting amongst these dots of color, mm-hmm. which would be the ink print in the comic book. Uh, they just, they found all of these small little touches and details to really, really sell it and make it live. And, and they made the stakes really high, right? Like, End of the world, potentially end of multiverses. We're going to kill not just one Spider-Man, but a lot of Spider-Men, Spider-People. Mm-hmm. Spider, spider Individuals? Spider peoples. Well, it, there's a pig, too. Individuals? Spider-Beings. Spider-Beings. Spider beings. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just so good. And the, when they do the collider, the, the, all the colors and there's the sheer riot that's going on, not just once they're in it and they're fighting, but just when it first starts up. Mm-hmm. Uh, even down to other bits and pieces, the way uh, Doc Ock, Dr. Octavius moves mm-hmm. with the claws is incredible. She, like her, her entire um, character, just the way that they did her little, like, her arms and stuff feel it, it almost feels like stop motion. It was, it, it, there's a lot that, that almost felt like stop motion, and I think that had to do with frame rate. Well, the, the frame rate is definitely a big thing. Yeah. So traditionally, um, movies are going to be rendered out in 29.97 frames per second or whatever. If it is a, a cinema film, it's going to be 24 frames per mm-hmm. second. If it is an anime, it is going to be roughly 12 frames per second just because it saves a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I'm pretty sure that the... Um, that this movie was either 18 or 24 frames just given on whatever scene that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely shows and not in a bad way. 
Right. It gives it it gives it a different feel than what you're used to seeing on say like uh, like a Pixar film mm-hmm. where they're like full like you know it feels like they have 60 frames of animation every time they move and they're super smooth and everything like that that is not what this is. Right. Well this this is a comic this is almost like you are flipping pages in a comic book. Yeah. And also it's a different universe. Like the the universe that they are working off of is not ours. It's yeah. not the base Marvel universe. So it feeling a little alien and a little strange. Everything is roughly analogous. And then you see the advertisement for, for Coke with a K yeah, and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that throws you off just a little bit planet Inglewood and stuff like that. And I love that they took the opportunity to take a fresh design look at all of the characters that they pull in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Doc Ock, as we as we already totally said, different. Oh, she was yeah. great. completely different. Um, she has these these air powered, almost pneumatic, um, yeah. grabby arms, grabby arms, which is just really fun and interesting and different. And Green Goblin is like this three story tall Godzilla like figure, still throwing around bombs and stuff though. I mean that's fine. <laughs> well, no, no, it's just, I just found it's it expected. funny. Yeah, that, like he's like there's this massive like monster thing. And uh-huh. He's just throwing around bombs. He and was he was in his workshop with the tiny tools on the tiny desk <laughs> building those because he can <laughs> only so big. Yeah, <laughs> and so like getting the opportunity to just see uh, such delightful reimaginings in a kind of an well, arena where it didn't you, matter. Well, right? We're not even the, talking Spider-Man. Also, you didn't even hit the biggest, no, not the biggest one. Oh. The biggest one, <laughs> Kingpin. The, yeah. Literally biggest, the, not literally biggest. Not literally biggest. Most biggest. Ma- massive? He probably no, weighs more than Green dense. Goblin does. <laughs> yeah, he's dense. very dense. dense. <laughs> but like the, the black suit with the yeah. hulking head bent down between the shoulders. Uh, he's just like when he when they pull up in front of the lab and he gets out of the car and Andrew's like, he's bigger than the car. How do you fit in there? <laughs> Stuff like that. Or or the constant in the final fight where it's like, how is he there now? That doesn't doesn't work. It's just how he functions. Well, that's that's more of a plot, but that's fine. No, it just I, I just no, love I, the, I the way that he moves because he's so on almost every presentation of him that you see, he's very slow and deliberate, mm-hmm. right? With the little pen clicks as he walks, and then you get that little bit of of extra oomph when he shatters the pen in his yep. hand or when he finally like breaks in his rage and he kills Spider-Man or, or he makes or, a big hit. Or you get the um the single full frame shot of his head and there's black screen. It's just black. Yeah. They didn't pull it far <laughs> enough to get off his shoulders. Um yeah, just uh, spectacle is just I mean like it's it is an absolute joy to just watch and just take in all of the um, all of the sites. Yeah, I had to yeah. get on to Andrew at the start of the movie because they watch a lot of things with subtitles turned on because they're, one, because of anime, and two, just because it's kind of convenient. Yeah. It's like, hey, you got to turn those off. There's there's way too much going on to have words <laughs> on the screen, too. That is fair. Okay, so we're moving to performance. We sure are. Uh, I, I went first last time. Oh, you're looking at me. All right, I'll go. So I'm going to jump in here with a nine. Okay. And I I have a hard time finding anything really default. I just don't know if it was great enough to call it perfect. Mm-hmm. But there, there are definitely the quiet moments because it's, it's voice acting, right? It's not quite the same as being on screen as an actor. Yeah. But there are those quiet moments. The, the conver- performance could still be like character animation and, and portrayals of, of okay, emotions. That's, that's, that's fair. That's valid. But I think for me, it really comes down to that moment uh, after... Miles' uncle has died, mm-hmm. and his father is standing in the hallway. He's on the other side of the door, spun up in webs because the other spider beings have decided <laughs> he's not worthy. Yeah. And you have that quiet conversation where you know, his father's telling him, hey, you know, something happened, and I know we don't always see eye to eye, and I just want what's best for you because I see 
this spark, this this power in you. And he's not even referring to the fact that he, his son is Spider-Man because he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. He's talking about his son. And it's just such a powerful moment because Miles isn't even able to respond to this. He's not able to to emotionally react beyond just his eyes. He's got webbing well, on his and, mouth. And, you know, at this point, too, his dad thinks that Miles is just ignoring him. Right. And it's it's such an emotional, heartfelt moment right after an incredible emotional moment where we get the Spider-Man origin story that Uncle Ben has to die. Mm-hmm. Yep. No matter what, no matter what universe you're in, <laughs> your uncle is under threat unless you are uh, <laughs> Penny, in which case it's your father. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or Gwen, and then it's, um, then it's, Peter, then Parker. it's Peter Parker. But yeah, I, I have to say, and I guess it fits, it can fit with performance. I don't know, maybe plot, but... The movie begins and Spider-Man dies. You're 15 minutes into the movie and they've mm-hmm. killed the quintessential spider, what I would recognize as Spider-Man, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And it's like, wow, how are they going to carry this? How are they going to make this work? And all these characters work so well yeah. to just pick up the, the weight and the emotion of the movie and carry it through, both mm-hmm. with how they were animated and how well the voice actors interact with each other. Whether mm-hmm. or not, I don't, and I don't know how they record, if they did a recording where they were actually all on set at the time, because they do that sometimes, mm-hmm. or if it was just individuals. But however they managed to make that work, they did a phenomenal job. I, I gave it a nine. So. Yeah. Joel? I also gave it a nine. I, mm-hmm. you know, out of, out of the so many great performances right. in the film, there were the three... Main, primary yeah. characters right and Gwen, and, and Gwen Miles and old Peter yeah and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna Peter double B. I'm gonna double dip on this and again in plot but the weakest of the three is Gwen um because right. uh they they gave her half an arc basically whereas they gave full arcs to the other two well she just doesn't get as much time with Miles she's still the kind main of, character yeah. she's still kind of mysterious right. and and so on the performance side of it, I just I felt that whether whether it was the the actress or whether it was the direction or whatever, that we weren't able to connect with her character enough on an emotional level, uh, because like she just didn't emote, right? She was she was calm, she was collected, she was mysterious almost the entire time. And and it's part of her character that she doesn't open up, and like her her hang up is she doesn't have friends, right? Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, I need to connect with her if I'm going to care. You need to be able to be her friend. Yeah. And, and I, I don't, I don't, that didn't, that didn't a hundred percent click. Um, and, um, and I'm, I'm going to come back to that again in plot, but. No, that's fair. That's I mean, fair. it would definitely be arguable that you felt more whenever the robot dies and, you know, yeah. than, than mostly like dealing with Gwen. You know, um, I, I made a shot in the in the movie that oh of course they they had to kill someone so they killed the least important person they killed the most important person the first fifteen minutes of the movie <laughs> and they got away with it true yeah but I mean uh, yeah sure um, well I gave performance a ten um, I I felt that there there are very there are always good and bad performances when it comes to voice acting mm-hmm. and it, it I feel that it is a much higher floor for someone for just voice acting. Like you can have like bad voice actors, but most of the time it's like you at least can get a passable thing. Well, sometimes you don't get acting. You just get a person who is their voice. Yeah. So, um, uh, Ace John Benjamin, I think is his name. 
He's the voice actor for Bob and Bob's Burgers. Uh-huh. He's also the voice actor for Archer and Archer. And yeah. I'm making references to shows that I don't think either of y'all watch. Nope. So this is totally lost on you. <laughs> but what you realize if you watch the shows is he's not acting. This is his voice and his vocal mannerisms in both characters. And they are wildly different characters to the point where they even made a crossover episode of Archer where he is Bob <laughs> in Bob's Burgers because it's just so absurd that it's just the same voice over and over again. Yeah. Whereas when you have, which for a lot of these voice actors here, if it's a one-off, I don't have a way of being able to peg that down. Oh, this is just what they sound like. But you can get away with that as a voice actor Mm -hmm. where, oh, Mm -hmm. they were just talking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, there was no, every, every time that they were trying to emote something or have good comedic, Mm -hmm. you know, timing and snaps and everything like that, you always got it. And it always hit how you how I think that they wanted it to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah, and and the only I mean, and this is more of a plot thing. The only thing that really felt, uh, I'll say, flat quotation marks, is um, just some of Gwen's stuff. But that's more of a plot choice than more of her performance. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would say ultimately, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you work with the material you have, and mm-hmm. if if the lines aren't there for you, you just you don't make the connection, right? Yeah. It's just how it works. Well, and, you know, she's supposed to be the cool, mysterious, you know. she's Cool, calm, collected. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say, I think that maybe it's easy to jump past her as a school girl, right, as, a, as an attendee of the same high school as mm-hmm. Miles, straight into Spider-Gwen, where she is cool, calm, collected. You know, she's the, she gets the, the rock intro for her origin. You know, yep. she's just badass right she's got it going on here (laughs) Mm -hmm. but in the version of her as just in school when she has her encounter with miles she also gets awkward and then for whatever reason decides she has to have a different name because somehow he would know her if she told him that her name was gwen and my name is gwanda (laughs) and i I think it's easy to get past that because so much of the movie revolves around them being spider beings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you miss some of that very early interaction with them, which I think was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it felt very natural very for well. what you would yeah. what you would think out of a you know a high, two high school students that are also awkward and trying to hide something that you know something yeah. is wrong with them. They're, they're both new to the school. She's new to the school by choice. He's not. He's going through puberty. But she's she's <laughs> new to the universe. She is, yeah. but she's trying to play it off as if she isn't. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so moving on to. The score. The score. Joel, you want to take us off on this to start? 10 out of 10. <laughs> the I'm score I'm was incredible. Uh, the pieces that stand out are the uncle's theme. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 you know, it's got horror vibes to well, it. The, the prowler's theme. Yeah, really. yeah. yeah. And, and because there's, there's this whole piece where Miles is really looking up to his uncle the whole time. He's mm-hmm. he's kind of the one that he goes to for advice as opposed to his father. He's a cool uncle. And yeah, yeah. and and when you get to the part of the of the film where he learns that the prowler is his uncle and this this bedrock of safety that he was seeking is just brutally ripped from him. Mm-hmm. There there is there is this feeling of hopelessness and helplessness and the score 100% sells that. Mm-hmm. And and I just I I love it so much. And then and then you flip it, and when you get towards the end, as you start getting the more heroic themes, 
of of determination mm-hmm. and heroism and he's, uh, he's particularly he's embraced being yeah, Spider-Man. In particular, Miles' theme is a parroting of the Prowler theme, but using brass instead of distorted tones. Well, now, what I'm going to say here is it's not parroting. His uncle's theme is part of his theme. Yeah. And it's the same way that, that it's represented that who Miles is, Miles is as a person, some of that is the result of who his uncle is. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's not just a genetic thing. It's a whose nature, who, who did he want to emulate? And it's not just going to be his father. It's his uncle. Yeah. And it's not just himself. Well, and, that, and the, 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 the way in which they managed to not only include that level of detail mm-hmm. in the composition, but also pull it off where it is one recognizable, two memorable, and three like it's just stuck in your head. Like that's just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I can go with that one hundred percent. Yeah, um, I gave score a nine. Um, Shame. No, <laughs> how, how dare I not give it a ten? Uh, it, yes, actually, I, I I loved all of the hip hop themes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that just kind of sprinkled throughout. And everything it really gave you a good sense of of Miles's personality and music. Yeah, and uh, I I think that um, music is probably one of the most important uh, things that the human race has ever come up with, just because it's so important okay. in in giving giving you a a view into someone's life. You can say a lot of important things in music. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. and it doesn't require um, exposition or Mm-hmm. All these other things. So whenever you have a lot of these character themes and that kind of stuff that if he's like going through the street, high-fiving his friends, that kind of stuff, and you have this really good little hip-hop beat behind it, it, it really sends home the kind of person he is without having to explain it to you with, with words. Or, yeah. or who he is when he's in his element as opposed yeah. to the new school he's going to where he's out of his element. Yep, and then the second he goes, he gets into the... Um, into the high school and everything like that, the music completely changes to where like, okay, this is clearly not his element anymore. Mm -hmm. He's not, he's not in his, his happy place. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the only thing and only thing that I would, I knock it for is really just a lot of like some of the more standard superhero style themes. They just don't really do it for me, or they're just not very memorable. Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't if I heard it through just a like Spotify or something like that. I couldn't tell you that it was from Spider Verse. Man, doesn't like the brass superhero. The burr, 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 that doesn't do it for you. Well, that was Superman. But... I don't care. It's still the same <laughs> idea of the brass for a superhero. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's fine. That's, that's where it all comes but, from but in, the, in the beginning. You, you did Superman. You didn't do Spider Man. I know one Spider Man theme, and that is the actual Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. So, I mean, it was still it was still great. Um, all the music really hit pretty well, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I only gave it, I only knocked it a point just because the a lot of the music is I'm not going to be able to recognize it outside of the film. So, what'd you well, get? Well, shame on Andrew. I gave the score a 10. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and unlike Andrew, I love big, bold, brassy themes. I've, I've mentioned before I like jazz. I played trumpet. So give me, give me that big, swelling brass. I love, uh, I love string as well, but the, in the right place, the right time, and this definitely hits the right place, the right time, those kinds of themes really, really sell a mood and emotion. I, 
to kind of play off what you were talking about with the the hip hop themes, right? Yeah. I love the I think the term is dialgesic, but I'm not positive. I may have just absolutely brutalized a word. But so so there are two types of music in a movie or a show, right? There is background music, mm-hmm. which we the audience hear and the characters do not. Correct. Then there is in universe music that they sing or they hear or they listen to. Mm-hmm. And you don't with Miles, you don't always know which it is because he's got his headphones on. Right. Mm-hmm. So it starts and he's listening, you're hearing the song, he's singing along to it at, in character. Yep. So it's not perfect. But and he doesn't really know all the words, so he's right, like yeah. half singing, half I was going to say, he's, yeah. he's doing the thing that we all do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Where you're like, oh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know the words here. So it's very natural. And then you have the transition as he's walking to his new school. Yeah. And the music's going, blah, blah, blah. He goes up, hits his sticker on the sign, comes down, steps on his shoelaces that are untied because it's a choice. And <laughs> busts on the pavement and his headphones come off and the music stops. Yep. And that's the exact moment where his father pulls up in the cop car and rip, rip. Him. <laughs> and it's it's such a perfect sell of he has crossed that moment. He he stepped off that curb and he went into the unknown and his his good vibe, everything has ended. And one of the reasons for it, one of the selling points of it is now he's interacting with his father. And he's immediately he's in the back of the patrol car, bored, yada yada. And you already knew all those emotions were coming just from the way the music was handled. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a really, really powerful storytelling tool that not everything makes use of as well as they could mm-hmm. or should. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, beyond that, y'all, you pretty much covered it. The Prowler theme is amazing. I mean, calling it uh, an element of horror is an understatement. It's, yeah. It's well, really incredible. His, his, his uncle of the Prowler is such a force of nature compared to him. Like the power mm-hmm. level is so different. That well, he, he doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because the power level isn't actually different. It's more just it's the experience, right? The Prowler, he knows his strengths. He knows what he can and can't do. Yeah. And Miles doesn't yet because ultimately Miles has superpowers. And as best we can tell, the Prowler is just a dude. Well, he's just a guy. I mean, he gets yeah. he gets shot and he goes down, right? Mm-hmm. He just has some enhancements of the boots and the yeah. gloves. And that's, and and that's kind of always been a general theme of any Spider-Man story is that Spider-Man has the power, mm-hmm. right? Like that's not the issue being, mm-hmm. he doesn't need to go get stronger, right? Like that's not his arc. He's not on the hero's journey. He is struggling with, I have this power. What do I do? That doesn't just make everything worse. Great yeah. responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think we handled that, that pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So back to the plot. <laughs> so we're going to let Joel jump back in here and talk about what he wants to about Gwen. Not yet, though, because I'm going first. That <laughs> <laughs> was got me on the end. I saw, I saw you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had us in the first half. <laughs> Not going to lie. So I gave it a nine. Okay. And I mean, I, I've already covered a little bit of this, right? I mean, you start the movie and they kill, this is Spider-Man, and they kill Spider-Man to start the movie how do you recover? How do you tell a story from this? And they do a brilliant job from there. And I, I really love the way they handled the origin stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it yeah, was like a open the comic book. This is, you know, this is the TLDR. Well, really. we, and every, we all know, and every single we all know one of you them, know this. Yeah. And every single one of them is like, okay, let's, let's do this one more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one, one more time for the last time. Yeah. But really, this is the last time, but really this is the, it's very self-aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Throughout the movie, the movie itself is so sharply self-aware that they know what they're doing, where it's 
yeah, we know we're, we're giving you another origin story. We're just going to blow through it. No big deal. You've seen it all before. Uncle Ben's going to walk off into the sunset and <laughs> moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have to, they don't have to hit on it. They don't have to cover it. Uh, Peter B., his, his attitude when he enters the universe is perfect. Mm-hmm. The, the evolution from that is perfect. Like, like you said, Gwen doesn't quite get the full art. He obviously gets a very full art yeah. because at the end of the movie, he's going back to fix things with his Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's grown not just by helping Miles. I mean, early on in his introduction, he's like, this is why I didn't want kids. Mm-hmm. They break things. <laughs> yeah. And then at the very end of the movie, he's like, yeah, you're doing awesome. This is great. Do I want kids? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's those, those little interludes that they gave him, just the little one-off lines that land so well. Over and over and, it, and, and it's, over And it's again. the character of Spider-Man too, right? Because like mm-hmm. Spider-Man is way smarter than he is wise, yes. right? And he's always cracking wise because of it. And so for a jaded Spider-Man to be making jokes of his own life because like he just feels like he doesn't have control of it anymore mm-hmm. is it just, it plays so well. Yeah. It, and there's a reason why Spider-Man and Deadpool get along great in the mm-hmm. comics. And it's because they're both smart mouths. Yeah. Wise something else's. Uh, <laughs> wise cracks. Nice. Yeah, well, they're, they're wise crackers. Yes. It's the Merc with the mouth and the spider with the mouth. Yep. Uh, and, and it plays off really well because, again, Peter B. is the older Spider-Man, so he's had ultimately just more time making these kinds of quips throughout mm-hmm. his life. And like you said, they've evolved to fit his current situation but they're still there. It's still just part of the personality. It just rolls out, rolls out, rolls out. Mm-hmm. And you see it with Miles in the beginning. Like it, it starts that way with him, even quipping to himself, you know, <laughs> play dumb. Who is Morales? Not that dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that line so much. It, yeah. The first time Lauren and I saw the movie, we both, we had to stop the movie. We were laughing <laughs> so hard. And then, and then just like the, the humor is just top notch all the way through. Cause like he goes straight from that humorous beat running away he's like all right so i'm gonna dash in this door and closes the door there's no way he's gonna find me he didn't see me walk in here and then he looks down he and, sees the and photo, sees the photo, the photo. And it's that guy's office he's like oh well, well and, and then like you know all the other students are just pointing at the door he's like well he's in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the, the whole like stop sticking stop sticking don't stop sticking don't stop sticking yeah those poor pigeons <laughs> but yeah that whole the the, the quiet because it's such a uh, I feel like it's such an '80s movie trope of you have the the classroom with the student, with the teacher is you know lecturing, and then you have the whoop at the window, and nobody gets to see what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. whoop again. <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, I mean, I I could go on and on and on, but I want to take everything away from y'all, so I'm gonna throw this to Andrew. No, oh, cool. I get to go before Joel. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I like ruining all of Joel's points. <laughs> um, so I gave it an eight. I think that's the lowest score that we have out of the entire. Um, well, there's still one score from me. You don't know. That is true. Wait, but we haven't had a seven yet. <laughs> yeah. Eight, eight's as low as it's I mean, going. it was a 9.3 total, so we're, we're still fine. Yeah. But I gave it an eight only just because there are some, some decent leaps in logic towards the, the final act of the... Kingpin reappearing, disappearing, uh, reappearing. Yeah. How did he get there? A couple of those, and then, like, whenever he knocks miles down like kind of like for the final blow and then you know obviously every spider-man always has to get back up right Mm -hmm. and it's a very powerful moment but like if you're looking at it from just like in there kingpin is just standing here watching this this prey that he is clearly defeated yeah just you know and he he 
Like, he did it once. He could do it again. Mm-hmm. He so, can just so kill counter, Spider-Man. Counterpoint, right? After that blow, right, he's all, you all make sure you never see your family again and just smashes him down, right? Yeah. So Kingpin is in the full rage. He just had the moment happen to him again that cost him his family. Yeah. In the, in the subway car, in the multiple dimensions, he has Spider-Man by the throat up against the wall, and the wife and son see him, and they flee from him. And it's the exact same moment played out again, right? Yep. So then he makes that reference of, I'll see to it, you never see your family again. He smashes Spider-Man down, and the camera pans up a little bit, and Kingpin's eyes are not down. They are out into space because he is still in, he has the rage, but he also has the the The, crushing loss of family, and he invokes that word, and I think that's what, that's the, the plot element that gets him. Is he still kind of caught up in that? And that, that okay, that's actually totally fair. I didn't really think about it from that mm-hmm. perspective, from him just having this moment to where, like, he he's now realizing that he's basically lost his family again for right. essentially the third time by now. Because because it's the same thing that triggers him to kill Spider Man at the start, right? Mm-hmm. Peter Parker is on the ground. He's very badly injured and from the explosion. It. Yeah, and he makes the the thing. He says. You can't do it. You're not going to bring your family back. And that's where the rage hits. Yep. And then he comes back up and he's got that little bit of introspection, but he's still moving forward. Right? Yeah. Still, still going to do what he needs to do. Yeah. The, um, I, I, I don't mean to just ruin your point, but I, oh, no, I no. can allow it a little bit. No, that's Probably because you need it just for the way the story has to op- unfold. You yeah. have a powerful moment. You got you to gotta bathe in the moment for a minute. But I can justify it at least a little bit. Yeah, this is just a problem with basically all Spider-Man movies is that whenever they're thwipping, they're just kind of thwipping on molecules in the air, clouds, clouds. whatever whatever they they, whatever yeah. they can grab onto. Construction cranes. Yeah. And, That's what I'm going to believe. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> There's a lot of construction, what, construction what, what cranes. About, what about the one where they thwip off of a construction crane onto nothing? <laughs> They is go from just the construction crane construction to the other building. <laughs> it's it's just, an invisible construction okay, crane. Yeah. It's just larger. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, like there's, you know, obviously there's, uh, there's some conveniences of, and I, I don't, I don't read comics. I've never, I've never been a comic guy or anything like that. So I'm assuming that somewhere in the, the spider verse of all, and all the Spider-Man comics and everything like that, there's some underground spider layer that has all this stuff in it that he just has technology, even though I thought his kind of whole shtick was that he was always poor. So, Okay. Well, I, we're we're man, in I, we're in the alternate dimension where Spider Man was basically perfect. Yes. Right. Okay. And yeah, that's and, he has and the, that's the one that layer. died. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I get that. Like, um, so that you know, I guess that was the only thing that really kind of like threw me because I was like, oh, that's really convenient that he just has a bat layer. Well, I mean, down here. I mean regardless <laughs> of it, of the convenience of its existence, the practicalities of its existence are also a little ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. you know, it's in the middle of a you know. Uh, lower middle class queens yeah. in New York. And, and like, it also, when you open the door, it's a huge, massive, bright light in someone's backyard that there's like 60,000 neighbors. Yeah, there's no way this. they can't see that. Um, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to go after you on the, the thwipping in the air uh-huh. because I just had this thought and this sudden realization. You, you know how when baby spiders are born, you know how they travel to they, spread? They, they thwip into the air. They, they balloon. Yeah, they put, <laughs> so they, they actually put a sail out of um, oh, I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, every, but, every, everyone's uh, read Charlotte's Web. We know that. Uh, there we go. <laughs> I was going to reference that too. But the other one uh, is there is at least one bit in a Spider-Man comics where he's in like Iowa or Kansas and he's just like standing in a field and there's like a barn over there and he goes, he like does the whip at it and it just kind of flails off to nowhere. And so he goes, 
Man, Iowa suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's man. great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the rest of the movie was was fine. It's a pretty standard hero origin story. It just has a bunch of other hero origin stories kind of mixed in there. It's it's very aware that it's an origin story mm-hmm. to the point where the actual origin story kind of slides under the radar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, fun fact, the um, in Penny Parker's um, actual comic, mm-hmm. um, they they kind of reference that it is also in the same universe as Evangelion. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So actually. in in Penny, like, so there's a panel, and it's probably more of just an homage than anything. Well, else, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a panel whenever she's in school, and there's Oscar and Ray, um, also in the school, um, just you know sitting in desks like right next to her or whatever. Even though she's in New York and they're in Neo Tokyo, something like that. But yeah. you know, whatever, doesn't matter. It's <laughs> irrelevant. Um, Basically, the animator was desperate for another another person to draw, and they're like, I can draw Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, Joel, you you can have your moment now. Okay. Well, so I also gave plot an eight. Um, okay. For a lot of the same points that you brought up, the 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 whipping into nowhere, which has been debunked due to Charlotte's Web. I'm here to make all of you feel bad about <laughs> Charlotte, your Charlotte's Web is the ultimate retcon for Spider Man. <laughs> uh, the dungeon under Aunt May's uh, shed. Yeah. And the uh, the kingpin's mobility in the final fight didn't make any sense, right? Yeah. Like like his physical power when you get up close, I can I can definitely buy. I mean, it. Cer- could... certainly because this is an alternate reality. He's he he doesn't have to conform to an accepted standard of what his physical powers are. Yeah, but they they did not provide him with any mobility that would allow him to traverse that that battle. So, yeah, because you don't what you don't understand is when he holds his breath, he becomes lighter than air, <laughs> and he can float like a balloon to places. Well, and, wow. well, okay. So then, <laughs> then also like whenever Morales or Miles does, you know, the shoulder shoulder look, and he shocks him, hey, and hey. then suddenly he is he's probably no longer the weight that he was. And again. There's all this multiverse. When you, when you, you know, apply stuff electricity happening. to the object that dense, it, it becomes lighter. There's no there's no explanation for yeah. it. Yeah, but like, and it makes for a really good looking, cool scene. It's just you know within the constraints of reality. Well, and blah, well blah, with blah, blah, within blah. it's very again, I'm sorry. Going back to the score, right within the idea that Miles is formed of his own self and partly his uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great callback in the sense of because. In that fight, we're referencing we're 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 borderline Dom Toretto talking about family over and over again, <laughs> and he does a brilliant callback to his uncle to essentially get vengeance on the person that killed his uncle yeah. with the the shoulder. The hey, mm-hmm. yeah. it's so good. Oh no, it, and it's it's a great scene. Yeah, and then and then talking about to like to like flip from criticism to praise, talking about Miles. Uh, arc and his journey and the mm. theme of family and really like his whole arc is it it's it's set up in the the scene at the high school where right. it is where it's very subtly the the words pressure expectation stress stress those those words mm-hmm. are are highlighted in what the teachers are saying in the in the montage of class to yeah, class to class yeah. yeah and and so like that is what his character is going through is he has all of this external expectation placed upon him and uh reinforced with uh the the perfect spider-man's death because that spider that peter says you have to do this mm-hmm Promise me you will do this. And yep. he's not equipped to do it. I, I missed a good spot. I'm just going to go ahead and just grab this because it, it fits with plot as well. But it was really score. 
is the death of Spider-Man and they kick into the song the I'm not afraid mm-hmm. and everyone's, you know, getting the news on their phone and, and there's just this crushing moment and he goes into the, into Stan's shop and buys the, the poorly fitting mm-hmm. outfit. I, it's just such a great, cause he's like, I have to pick up the mantle of Spider-Man. Well, what's the first step to do that? Well, I, I have to look like Spider-Man yeah, yeah. and you know, $15 is as far as I'm going to get because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have an underground basement lair with 16 <laughs> costumes and, I still love, I, I made the point to y'all when we were watching it, that they ride the elevator down and the plot knows that there are three other spider beings down there, <laughs> but it's all dark for the effect of the individual areas lighting up with all the equipment. Yeah. And it's like, so in order to achieve this, it's kind of the rogue one thing, not to go all the way back to Star Wars, but it's the rogue one thing of in order for him to stand menacingly in the hallway, he has to be holding his breath. Right. So it's this <laughs> deliberate movement. So it's the same thing these spider beings, in order to introduce themselves, they're all just kind of crouched in the darkness, like, any minute now. <laughs> uh, but but moving on, so, like, his, what what finally releases him from all of this external baggage, because, like, mm-hmm. like uh, we get kind of a foreshadowing of it with how... Uh, uh, Peter B coaches him through how to let go of the lighting fixtures. He's got to relax, yeah. right? He's too tense. He's he's cramped up. He can't control anything because he just is is almost in a panic mode all the time. Yes. And so what what allows him to do that ultimately is connecting with the approval of his father. And we get that um, initially at the the scene where his father comes to his dorm room to tell him about his uncle. Mm-hmm. And then we get it again in that that really powerful moment that you're talking about with with Kingpin pausing and his father is off in the distance just saying, get up, get, get up. up, you have to get up. Spider-Man, you have yeah. to get up, which which is honestly maybe a little bit of a ding because the last time he saw, I guess, I guess he saw a red and blue Spider-Man and this is a black and red Spider-Man. So it's different Spider-Man. Yeah. Was when his, from his perspective, his brother was dead. Yeah. And he, I guess... Maybe within the parlance of once you actually get an ambulance there and like, oh, he was shot. And then it's like, well, Spider-Man doesn't shoot people, so it couldn't have been Spider-Man. I guess you have that connection. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, again, there's a couple little leaps in logic with that. But also, like, the circumstances are dramatically different, right? Mm. It is obvious that Kingpin is the bad guy. Like... Because he's big and ugly. There's no... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's wearing black because Wait, of his aggressive because of his aggressive actions we're talking about a cop here <laughs> and cops cops use aggressive actions I don't know what you're talking okay, about okay <laughs> okay we're going okay. to stop that one right there we're just gonna um, keep going but anyway um so love all the details around that arc I think it's fantastic yeah. it really hits really great emotional beats similarly as we've already alluded to Park uh, Peter B's story Mm -hmm. of just coming from having feeling like he completely messed up his own life and has no idea what to do about it and has basically given up and through this this journey of helping miles kind of gets back Mm -hmm. some some measure of hope and and what i really ding this most for is that we had a third main character in in gwen and she did not get anywhere near those level that level of attention she didn't get the those emotional highs yeah yeah Yeah. now the flip side of that is we also had spider pig and (laughs) granted you're cheating because this is an animated show Mm -hmm. and spider pig is by definition an animated character and they even make the crack of oh what do you think of a cartoon (laughs) Uh, they probably handled spider pig about as well as that character can realistically be handled yeah because that is that is a squirrely thing to hold on to and, and force into a story and it not be 
bizarre yeah. or just only comic relief, right? Because he's a lot of comic relief mm-hmm. with like the whole quip of, do animals talk in this universe? I don't want to scare him about the yeah. roommate. Yeah. Uh, all the way down to when they, you know, beat Scorpion and he drops the anvil. It's it's completely cartoon comedic moment, mm-hmm. but he is seriously and legitimately helping, right? He yeah, pulls yeah. the magnet out to pull the guns away from the bad guys shooting at him and stuff like that. So he's he is comedy. He is being the cartoon, but he's still relevant to being helpful instead of just he's the comedy where he trips and pratfalls himself or mm-hmm, whatever. Yeah. Well, and uh, kind of speaking on that, I I loved um, Spider Noir. Oh gosh, what, what I mean, Nicholas, Nicholas Cage, Cage. Like you can't. It's it, like whenever he gets to play roles like that that are just so absurd, over the top kind of stuff that like you know that he just loves that because he can just do whatever he wants. Well, well, also you get Spider Man quipping off Spider Man. Where's the wind coming from? We're in a basement. Wherever I go, the wind goes and it smells of rain. <laughs> yeah, you just like, oh gosh, this is so good. <laughs> and um I like all the all the versions of of Spider-Man in this this film were great. You know, even like I'm not I'm not like a big like Looney Tunes fan, but I right. actually really did enjoy Spider-Pig or Spider-Ham, mm-hmm. I guess is the is um, it Spider-Ham? I think it's Spider-Ham. It probably is Spider-Ham yeah. just because even though he was actually bitten by a radioactive pig, which I love in that <laughs> moment because they're doing the triple origins at once. When he says that, the other two just like characters in their origin <laughs> stories look at his panel like, what? <laughs> That's not how this works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but overall, like that kind of humor was built into everything, not just the absurd characters. Yes. Uh, but the serious characters as well had moments of humor that did not sacrifice the drama of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, – and and like one one point that really highlights how the writers were were very cognizant of how the story needs to be paced and structured um, to serve both humor and and heartfelt moments was that when our, our three main protagonists uh, are getting near the end of of the fight in the collider and they're like okay we've we're finally formed up we're together we can take down Doc Ock this is going to be a hard fight but we can do, we can it. do it and then <laughs> she's taken out by a bus you know going across the thing <laughs> they're all just like oh that was that was really well, easy well that, that was easy yeah. yeah and it's a comedic moment and like she's she's trivialized in it but that's good it actually serves the story because she's not the main bad guy she's yeah, the primary antagonist and 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 clearly like at that point she's um, Doc Ock has kind of shown that she can absolutely go toe to toe with multiple Spider-Men yeah. at the same time. And, um, you already know like the power level mm-hmm. there and, you know, a little do sex mocking but it's fine yeah. because at that point it's like, all right, let's move on with the plot. This is, you know, yeah. we'll just end her little arc right here. Well, yeah. I mean, in a, in a very pell-mell environment like that that that's that is one way you lose a fight right is oh, no, the, the ab- external when, when, when chaos is in a situation to that extreme like there's just no uh, unless you have a spider sense of danger oh. <laughs> there's, which there's, is which is just the fact that they have eight eyes they have eyes whatever have eyes. <laughs> yeah that's yep um okay so you know i think that pretty much covers all of the plot mm-hmm. um so because this is kind of um, derivative and also new. We're just doing originality and faithfulness scores. It's kind just of a kind combined, of just combined. Score, yeah. yeah. Um, what you got over there? I gave it a ten. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Took the coward's way out. <laughs> well, and, okay. So this is the thing. I I don't read comics. I don't even really like superhero movies that much. I, I like Spider Man, 
Right. He's always just been kind of like the only superhero that I really kind of connect with besides X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen all the Marvel films and all that kind of stuff. But like he's the he is the only superhero that I've ever really just like I will go actively seek out media for Spider like if a new like right, live right. action Spider-Man so comes what, out. I'm so what you're saying it. is is of all the characters, this is one you should actually know the most backstory and pieces about and you don't. Yes, basically. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure that we get that out there. So from my uninitiated, um, I don't read comics score, I gave it a 10. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, I gave it a 9. Okay. And you know what? Spider-Man is not one of my favorites. Spider-Man is actually one of my least favorite superheroes. And I couldn't really tell you why. I think it's just because he's one of the classic OGs. So in the same way that I don't really like Superman and I don't really like Iron Man. It just you also don't like to like watch recommendations on media. Oh man, he's mad now. He's got to pull the <laughs> trot this out. Slow down over there, Sparky. So I don't have as much of a background to judge it on, right? I don't, yeah. I don't know, but everything about the way they are portrayed feels it reads Spider-Man to me. Yeah, yeah. I think we've complained. I don't know if we've complained on air, but we've definitely complained in person about different things that are adaptations of stuff. Cause this is, this is ultimately, this is an adaptation of comic six books, and... six different Spider-Man comic lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sacrifices are made and you can look at an adaptation and say, you know, you could have just called this something else and you wouldn't have had to tread on yeah. the license of something that existed. And you could have just written your story. And this is absolutely not that this is emphatically Spider-Man and all, all kinds of different facets of spider-man mm-hmm. and i i gotta give him huge props for that because from someone who doesn't necessarily pay super close attention yeah i do i know what a spider ham is sure did i know penny parker existed no i did not <laughs> did i know spider-man noir existed no i did not <laughs> can i accept that and say yeah that fits yes yes i absolutely can yeah joel i want to with every fiber of my being give this less than a 10 and i cannot find a reason <laughs> to do it so I'm going to give it a 10. It is, Brilliant. it is, it feels completely true to the character in, mm-hmm. in the myriad of forms that they looked at the character. And it is a, com- I mean, it, it's just such a unique conglomeration of ideas. Yes. And pulled off brilliantly. Yeah. yeah. I think we, we mentioned it while we were watching the show that because it wasn't taken maybe as seriously by Sony because it was animated, mm-hmm. that there were more hands off. There wasn't as many fingers in the pie. So the people who were in charge really got to do what they wanted to do and they pulled it off brilliantly. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, and, and one of the reasons why, I mean, one, we wanted to do, to review this movie just because we, we love the movie. Yes. But then also we wanted to review it because of course we have to compare it against the live action, uh, no, uh, no way home Spider-Man, which is part of the MCU which that's coming, coming out. Um, in, which is on the closest, December 17th. Which is, the potentially the closest thing to that this that we'll get in the well, MCU. It's the closest yeah. concept, right? Because from trailers we've seen Peter Park or Peter Park. Okay, oh we, we, we Toby McGuire, Doc Ock. We've seen um, uh, Green and, Goblin um, and Sandman, and then we have um, Electro, Electro and yeah. Lizard Man. Okay, from um, from the Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, from Amazing Spider-Man, which the, is the Garfield, Garfield version. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've seen these elements, and of course, there's a lot of speculation that oh, well, they're going to have. Like all three Spider Men, yeah. So, so the possibility is you get a live action version that's kind of similar to what we just 
watch we just talked about. Yeah, right? and, and it's entirely possible, too, that they're, I mean, they've, so a lot of people kind of refer to Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield possibly being in this film as like one of Hollywood's worst kept secrets. And it's possible that it's so it's it's such a bad secret that they've kept. They're actually fitting in a bunch of other stuff that is such um, obfuscation that they're like, oh, look at Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. They're not totally not going to be in this right, movie. Right. Ignore the fact that Spider Ham is going to be in this movie. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> so you know, we could see you know Spider Gwen or something like that. We don't know. Yeah, we, yeah, and, we really don't know. Um, you know, it's. It is one of those where I I look forward to it. I'm not the biggest fan of Tom Holland's Spider Man, but I'm yes. I I think he's better than Garfield. Fair. Um. I but I grew up with Tobey Maguire. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. It's it's so hard for me to like look past that and just see Tom Holland as like the Peter Parker that you know. And I I think he portrays probably both the the Peter Parker and Spider-Man roles very well and very evenly compared to like Tobey Maguire, which he is a great Peter Parker, not the best Spider-Man. Especially not the best evil Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're, we, we don't really talk Sp- about Spider-Man 3. Sp- Spider-Verse <laughs> even also did that. Yeah, and this happened too. We don't really talk about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he does the dance. Oh man, it's great. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, and we will be reviewing that for sure. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to it. I, you know, I I think I'm more of a fan of Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Yeah. Because I think he is the complete version where he can handle being the nerdy Peter Parker. Yeah, nerdy he, awkward. Yeah, he also handles being the quippy Spider-Man. Yeah. Whereas Andrew Garfield was a believable Spider-Man. He was not believable as a bullied nerd in high school. Sorry. Yeah, because he is just like pretty boy. Mm-hmm. He, he he would have been at the top of the food chain in a high school. I'm sorry. Unless it's just an absurd high school. <laughs> Beverly Hills 90210, the high school. Uh, and then Tobey Maguire is a very believable Peter Parker. He's yeah. just not always particularly believable as Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of the Tom Holland version. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very excited to see if they can pull it off. The trailers, I'm not going to say they give well, me concern, but they're I, trailers. I think I think that's more obfuscation to make sure that, like, they're trying to give you as much as they can with stuff that, that has either been revealed or whatever. But uh, a lot of times, especially with the Marvel films, they definitely keep mm-hmm. um, keep viewers completely in the dark until it, hit. until it hits. Yeah. And there's definitely there are trailers, modern trailers now that just tell you the whole plot of the story in the trailer. Yeah. And then there are trailers that deliberately mislead, mislead you, you to try and pull something else off. And I think this is definitely the latter. Yeah. Uh, but obviously they've, they've got Doc Ock there. So you've got mm-hmm. one of the cooler villains, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Even yeah. One, one of the dumber decision trees to get there. But one of the cooler villains. Yeah. So we'll see how they pull it off, Joel. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely 100% looking forward to this film. It's 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 going to be an exciting ride, no matter how you splice it. I really really like the Doctor Strange portrayal that they have in the MCU. With I, Doctor Doctor Strange is probably my favorite character in in the MCU. Yeah, as it and and so like as they move forward with more and more of these films, not re- not just revolving around a single character mm-hmm. um, to me that brings a lot more interest to it because you have all of the history of the different characters that's been built up and they get to bring all of that to bear in a single story so right yeah well all right well that sounds like all the time we have for this episode so until next time i'm steven i'm andrew and i'm joel and every spoiler was intended 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Spoilers Intended. If you would like to join the conversation and maybe suggest something you think we should review, head over to Discord. If you really liked what you heard, you can also support us on Patreon. Links are in the description below. 